after high school, I, I actually got my personal trainer license. I was working at LA Fitness in Tampa. Or I, it was a lifestyle family fitness at the time. And I uh, decided, you know, this didn't really like Tampa. I lived here my whole, I love Tampa. I mean, I just was tired of it, wanted to get out of Tampa. So I, I moved to LA and tried to get into the modeling and acting scene uh, when I was 20. And I uh, had a good time, but running around naked really wasn't the, wasn't my thing. And realized that, that wasn't the industry I wanted to be in. I missed home. So I uh, moved home to, uh, back to Tampa and got a job at College Hunks Moving Junk. I was a mover making about eight bucks an hour, uh, working long days, you know, just killing my body. And uh, wait, then, so wait, wait, wait. So, so you went from running around naked, getting paid in LA to moving people's trash. And yeah, pretty much. <laughs> body had clothes on. All right, what's going on, BE3? Jeff Beggins here with you with our awesome co-host today. We've got Mr. My Brother. Greg Beggins here. Hi, guys. Hey, and Mike Puma. And we got Mike Puma. And today we have quite a cool story for you. We have Charlie Curtis with us on the Happy Agent Podcast. And we have a really interesting, unique, fun story of just progress and just kind of an interesting path that led to real estate. And I think you guys are really going to get a lot out of this. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Charlie. We want to kind of hear the backstory because I think it's intriguing to see um, what did you do? Let's just start with your first into professional career. What were the goals? What were the dreams? Where did you land? How did you evolve? So kind of bring us a, give us a little story of your background. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. Good to see you guys. Uh, so I, after high school, I, I actually got my personal trainer license. I uh, was working at LA Fitness in Tampa. Or I, it was a lifestyle family fitness at the time. And I uh, decided, you know, this didn't really like Tampa. I lived here my whole, I love Tampa. I mean, I just was tired of it, wanted to get out of Tampa. So I, I moved to LA and tried to get into the modeling and acting scene uh, when I was 20. And I uh, had a good time, but running around naked really wasn't, the, wasn't my thing. And realized that, that wasn't the industry I wanted to be in. I missed home. So I uh, moved home to uh, back to Tampa and got a job at College Hunks Moving Junk. I was a mover making about eight bucks an hour, uh, working long days, you know, just killing my body. And uh, wait, then, so wait, wait, wait. So, so you went from running around naked, getting paid in LA to moving people's trash. And yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> body had clothes on. Yeah, had clothes on. You know? <laughs> okay. I just, that's the furthest spectrum we've had so far. So thanks for sharing that. <laughs> and and the, the, uh, the way I got into real estate, I was, I was dating this girl at the time and she was working as a leasing agent uh, for a lady that had these uh, deals with uh, various apartment owners and they would sit on site and they would do their own Craigslist ads and try to generate people to come to the, to the apartment community. And you know, we go show the apartment, try to get them to put down a $200 deposit, you know, do a background check on them and then try to get them to sign the lease. And I realized this was pretty fun. You know, I, they put me at, at my own apartment community. I got to do all my, my ads and you know, drive business and leased up the whole community in a matter of like one month and realized, hey, this is awesome. This is fun. Yeah, it, yeah. So I got my real estate license, long story short. and. Uh, in May 2013 and uh, so I was gonna go sell million-dollar homes I, I left the lady that I was making money with 
and went over to Colwell Banker and yet was fired up when my mom bought me my first suit and started there, didn't make a dime. Uh, so I went back to, uh, her name was Debbie, Debbie Hebden. And she had, a, she had just got a, a new contract with Beezer Pre-Owned Homes. And we would, uh, they, they, were, they were buying up all the foreclosures from the 2008 crisis. And we would lease the houses instead of apartments this time. And we would drive, I would drive everywhere from Orlando down to Sarasota. And I was leasing about 30 houses a month. Uh, and they, would, they were paying one month commission per house. And uh, we would, I would split that with Debbie. And so it was awesome. I was killing it, uh, you know, leasing 30 houses a month. The average, you know, lease was, you know, 1500 bucks, so 700 bucks a pop. Uh, then they sold the company uh, to American Homes for Rent in, I think, 2014 or 2015. And I uh, cut the commissions down to 250 bucks a month or a house. Uh, so I was like, I can't, it doesn't justify the gas money to drive around and to, to make 250 bucks. And uh, so I went, quit that. And I uh, went over to uh, Tony Everett, I think, uh, was my next stop. And, you know, again, thought I was going to go sell house. Never so haven't sold a house yet. Still has not, have not <laughs> sold a house. I was going to go sell million-dollar homes and was working there. I, I started working with uh, Patty Clark, great lady. She taught me a lot. And uh, she, gave, she let me work a couple listings of hers, but never, you know, didn't never generate my own business. Uh, I guess my mindset was that just people were going to call me because I, I'm a realtor now and I got my license and just when's my phone going to ring and just not how it works. Uh, so that, that didn't work out. Uh, so I thought, hey, you know, maybe real estate's not for me. Uh, then I went, started working for a home health home, a home health care company called Synergy Home Care, was doing home health care sales. And I hated that, missed real estate. So I got, got back into real estate realized, hey, you know what? I haven't tried commercial. I'm going to go try commercial real estate and signed up at uh, Marcus and Milchap. And I, so I started working there uh, on James Medifine's uh, retail team. And that, that was a game changer. You know, they, have an, an, they had a great sales training program and you know, I got to see you know, guys that were my age and not much older than me you know, making 200 grand a year from, from and talking about cold calling and you know, you do, putting deals together and just stuff I've never really heard before and door knocking and just doing whatever it takes and not taking no for an answer really. And that, and yeah, but I was a gopher. So I wasn't for, I wasn't sales in sales. I was doing uh, underwriting for shopping centers, basically working 12 hours a day. Again, they were paying me $2,000 a month. Uh, I was working six days a week to just to try to keep up with the workflow. Then they, they, they fired me in, uh, uh, let's see, May of 2017. And I was like, shoot, well, I'm, back, I'm going back to personal training. So I, I worked at Orange Theory Fitness. And uh, Orange Theory was, was working there, teaching classes or, or doing sales there. I don't even think I taught a class there. That was out in L.A. But uh, so about, I was there about a month. And so I... Before I went to Marcus, I had called Domain Homes and they said they, were, they didn't have an opening. So I thought, well, I'll call them back. I, I called them again and Jim McCarthy introduced me to Buster Levin, another realtor at, over at Exit Bayshore Realty. And he told me about this idea that, hey, you know, you, you can sell lots to builders. And I said, huh? I didn't even know that was a thing. 
So he's like, yeah, and they'll give you the listing of the new construction home. I said, no, no crap. That's crazy. I'm in. Count me in. Where do I sign up? I'll go sell some dirt. And he, yeah, signed me up, hit the ball running. He gave me a list of uh, about 600 addresses and, and phone numbers. He said, go through this list and find somebody that wants to sell. So this is in June of 2017. I went through it and for about, you know, probably on my 2000th phone call, I got one. I made 14,000 bucks, you know, sold the deal to Tampa Bay Modern Homes. And I was like, oh, this is my calling. This is it. And I then on out, it, it, I, you know, I've been on the hamster wheel in the rat race and just looking for deals, hunting deals. And I love every second of it. I wake up in the morning, put my suit and tie on, and it's like putting my, my battle armor on to, to go out there and, and find these uh, land deals for these builders. And uh, so I, start, I was there about a, a, a year. I sold 25 properties, some, not all land deals. I only ended up selling, I think, one or two land deals, but was by the amount of activity I was doing, I was picking up listings and selling houses. And then I met uh, John Lum, good old John Lum, and, and uh, he invited me to come into Century 21. And that, that, the rest is history. Yeah, I, I got to see the office and meet the, the real deal land guys. And, it, they showed me the ropes and really how to look at a, a piece of land and how to rezone it and really change my perspective on just a guy running around knocking on doors to being able to look at a deal and understand it. Uh, and last year, I think I sold about seven, 17 properties, but also had about eight new construction listings go under contract. Um, and that, that's where I'm at now uh, with about $7 million in pending um, with, with eight new construction listings. You have $7 million pending? Yes, sir. So we. So it's 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 awesome. Got a got a double lot yesterday under contract north of Kennedy. Uh, so it's gonna probably execute a contract today south of Gandy. So I'll be getting a listing on that one. And uh, it's just, just ready ready to ready to keep going. I love going. the story. I love the story because yeah, sorry, I kind of just <laughs> going going on and on, but. <laughs> No, no, this is, this is so cool because so many people um, would have given up. And what I love about you, Charlie, is, is there is, there is no giving up. There is no stop. There is, I know this works. Success leaves clues. I've seen it happen. It's happened for me. If it happened once, it'll happen a thousand times. And I just got to keep going until I get the yes. Like there's, there's zero rejection. There's, you don't get really affected by it. It's part of the game and it's it's a hunt, right? So we're, there's hunters and there's farmers. And I think this is an important topic that kind of really emulates what you're doing. Like a lot of agents, you could farm an area, you can kind of hang out in the area, you can seed an area. Um, what you've been doing is kind of just taking out the shotgun, finding out the potential targets and going straight there. Like you'll drive down the street and you're only going to go to two houses on the street and you'll pass by 87 of them because those two are what you're looking for. So you're such a great example of um, laser focus into a niche. Now we always say everything works, right? And there's, you could be an amazing expired listing converter for sale by owner, anything at all you wanted to be, but you said, I like this niche. And you just doubled and tripled down on it and just go, go for it, right? But let's, let's back up there real quick, because I think to get to that point, and you're spot on, but I think the biggest thing I took away from that story, and I think a lot of the people that are going to watch and listen to this, are in that boat where, and I hear it all the time from, from prospective agents that I meet with, 
oh, I don't want to bounce around too much. They're afraid to taste. They're afraid to try things. And if you listen to Charlie's story, never once did he say no. He was not afraid to move on when he realized that something wasn't for him. But he tried it, right? He tried a bunch of different things in his story there. And he was quick to realize what he liked, what he didn't like. Oh, I don't like this. Okay, I'm going to go taste something else. I'm going to go try something else. And that right there creates the framework that allowed him ultimately to get to the point where he did find something that he likes and he went all in on it. So now he's like a targeted ninja. But it took, listen to that background, it took so long of him trying and tasting different things before he realized, yep, this is it. This is what I want to do. And now he's all in on it, right? And so I just want to make that point that if you're struggling, if you haven't found it yet, you're probably not tasting enough things. You've got to try a bunch of things out before you're going to find that one thing that really hits home with you. So I, I, that's just a huge part of this. But yes, now he's a Jedi ninja that's super focused and knows what he wants to do. Yeah, definitely. It definitely took a little bit of a mind shift from going to that thinking, uh, taking a reactive to a pro proactive approach where you know, in my opinion, I think sending out mailers is more of a, a reactive approach where you're sending them something hoping that your phone's going to ring or hoping that, you know, my parents' friends are going to use me as a realtor. My, yeah, and something else, out of every house I've sold, not one, it has maybe one or two now, but when I first started out, not one of my friends or family, it was not one person I knew from Tampa or a family friend from Tampa. It was straight getting out there and taking that proactive approach and knocking on the door, finding out and, and taking a mind shift and realizing putting the seller first or whoever I was working with their goals in mind and seeing how I could be more of a resource for them versus just thinking, hey, they're going to use me as a realtor and I, I got my license now and I can send out some mailers and people will just call me. Now, I think there's too many realtors nowadays. Everybody knows a realtor nowadays that you know, they, you can't, it doesn't work that way. You got to get out there and, and make something happen. So. so do you really, I mean, you're 29 years old now. You just bought your first house, right? Here, yep. Sitting in it now. <laughs> this is the Happy Agent Podcast. How did that make you feel to come out home when you're 29 years old? Uh, awesome. Awesome. Sitting on equity. I, I got this one, you know, throughout, you know, by navigating through the community, you, you come across so many different deals. And this one, I you know, got a great deal on it. And was able to, to basically buy it and still have forty thousand dollars. I could sell it today and have you know forty fifty thousand in equity. Uh, so it, it feels great to, to be able to know the market and have a firm hand you know on, on the pulse of the market and be comfortable about what you're doing and know what you're talking about. But again, that all comes with time and just doing it and getting out there. Charlie, when did you decide you wanted to buy a house? Ah, uh, when well, I was living at the Icon and. Uh, my lease ended and I was just, it all just, I came across this deal. So it all just worked. It just kind of all came together. But. So, but there, there's more than that. Cause this is one of the points I want to get across. So your lease was coming up and you're staying at the icon, a nice place. Right. And oh, yeah. what was 1800 bucks a month? Nice. <laughs> 18, so, and this is, this is really important. So $1,800 a month flushing down the toilet, right? Yep. Completely. And you're in the damn industry, so there's no secret to you were doing that. So, and you knew it. And when you, while you were sleeping, that was still swimming around in your head. But at one point, you're like, hey, my lease is coming up. Should I renew? 
and you had that thought of hell yeah it's easy i don't have to worry about roofs i don't have to I just it's it's mindless i could just do it but then somewhere in your brain was well maybe i should buy i mean you actually took a step to actually talk to a lender and go through the steps to see could you buy right what is my credit do how much money do i need down you had to actually have the strategy in your mind and that was the thought before you probably even bought the house you're like hey let me take a look at what's out there and this is what's i think so important because we always talk about if you don't have the goal or the reason why right it's never going to happen right we always have that little joke of the the, the thailand temple of, of fuck how right That's you right. forget about how you're how you're going to get it you just need to figure out what you want so once you decided you wanted to go buy a house because you could afford it right then now the opportunity came across but it didn't just magically poof appear in your face you actually worked one of the things i'd love for you to expand on for a second because i i've really always been impressed with what you're doing for in your hunting the the peak hunting describe to people what your day is like like how many where do you find these like you find all these people these targets and then how many people would you actually talk to in the course of a day or a week and just so i want everybody to see that this is not just an easy scenario this is a bunch of rejection this is, oh, yeah. this is a hardcore uh, world. So exp explain to people who are watching that are saying, how the hell does this work? How does this work? How does, how did you make this work for yourself? So I'm, and this is all really before you know, COVID-19 took place, but you know, uh, getting out there and I, I literally drive around with a pen and pad and write down hundreds of addresses. And, and it, it, I mean, I've worked 12 hour days from the time I started with Buster, you know, in 2017 till COVID-19. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I used to joke and say, oh, my life's so easy. I work half days every day because I'm working 12 hours a day. Uh, <laughs> half day. <laughs> but it's, I go right down addresses and that's just the first part. You, you scout them and then I go look up, I look up every single one I wrote, wrote down up on the Hillsborough County property appraiser to see what, you know, to look at it, to put it in a database and to see when they last, what they paid for it, when they last bought it. Is it an absentee owner? Yeah, you know, and Based on that, I would then call them and send them a mailer. And ones that I would write down when I'm out in the field and put stars to, those would be ones that then I'm going back for a second door knock after I call them and send the mailer. And then a third door knock or a third phone call, call block at night from 6 to 8 p.m. So it's, you know, it never stops. And you got to keep me, you got to just keep going back and catch them at the right time. And and try all angles, phone calls, mailers. I mean, there's no one secret sauce. It's it's doing everything and, and being relentless. And, and that's, I hope I answered the question, but. No, <laughs> yes, and but I think I think you kind of just, you nonchalantly answered it, but it's so important. You're busting your think... <laughs> Yes, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. There's there's days that, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard work, it's sacrifice. I mean, I look back, I, you know, sacrifice time with my family and friends and, you know, girlfriend at the time that, you know, it, it's, you, you gotta, you gotta decide. Do you want to, do you want to go out and go to the movies or go out to that party with your friends? And then you're going to be hung over the next day, or do you want to go to bed early and wake up so you can be up at 5 a.m. so I can be in the streets of Tampa by, you know, 7 a.m. writing down addresses because I got to get by, I got to be out and knock on their door three or four more times after I go back to my house, look them up, and send them a mailer and call them. So it, you know, it's it's it, you do that times a hundred. You know, I, I was I'd probably talk to at least fifty or sixty people a day and doing that six or seven days a week. And not that, only is it in, not only is that hustle though, Charlie. That's strategy, mm -hmm. right? I want everyone to get that point because 
there's a lot of people who are like, I, I work hard, I door knock. No, you're just going door to door and knocking on the door, right? You're actually implementing strategy on top of the audacity to go knock on the door and do it. So you actually have built an even more important layer into this because it's not just working hard, you're working smart too by writing down addresses and literally having a targeted approach, not saying, you know what, I'm just gonna go knock on every door in this neighborhood and hope to God someone answers and hope that I can put a deal together. Uh-uh, you're actually doing strategy so that when you knock on the door, you already have an idea of what kind of deal you're gonna be able to bring them, which means you're actually bringing value to the person answering the door because you already have a buyer in mind, you have a builder that you know you can do a deal with, so you're actually helping that homeowner more than anyone else is just aimlessly coming and knocking on the door trying to get the listing. Right? Exactly. That's a huge separation. It, it, and, and that's, and that again took time. I mean, that, I was, that's what I, I started out just go doing it randomly and realizing that this isn't working. So I, you know, something had to change and the, the time now I won't even get out of the car and knock on a door unless I know it, unless I've already looked it up or I know that they live there because I'm not going to waste my time and knock on the door and it end up being a tenant. I'm not going to waste my time talking to a tenant. You know, I need to, I need to talk to the homeowner. So that your waste, you know, that would have been a door knock that I knocked on a tenant's door. could have been a door knock. I knocked on a homeowner's door, but you would have never known that if you didn't go take the time to look it up. So it, 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 you're exactly right. It's this strategy and having that game plan and knowing that, knowing what you're going to, you know, what you're actually knocking on before you just, Hey, you want to sell? Cause they're going to tell you no, cause they don't know who the hell you are and they don't trust you. So <laughs> that's right. You got to come with some type of, of value to them when you knock on the door. And you're I'm, like, go ahead, go. I'm remembering I was in your office and you had a, a, a closing happening. The seller was there and, and he loved you to death. And he was telling me stories. I don't remember life of what they were, but it was kind of like how many times you had knocked on his door until he finally said yes. Do you remember that guy? I do. Yep. Yep. And, and that was actually, I never even, knock, I didn't even meet that guy, actually. I kept knocking on his door, but he wouldn't come to the door. He wouldn't give me the time. I just kept, finally, he answered the phone. And I, based on you know, his goals and what he needed to do, I was able to find a buyer and put his deal together. And, and that he bought a, a Winnebago, and he's traveling the world right now. So That's what it was. He told me that he had never met you. He was coming to closing, and he had never met Charlie. And I said, what? You've never met the guy? did the entire transaction by phone and the customer came to the office to meet him in person. <laughs> That's dogged determination. Well, but, but this is really important because from a strategy perspective, he's to just to go a little deeper in what, what Puma was just talking about. The strategy is when he drives around looking for addresses, he, he has a specific profile that he's looking for. Uh, a house of a certain size, a house of a certain age, a house with certain um, physical characteristics that he knows that are telltale signs of of the house that he wants to do because he was so laser focused and looking for the jealousy windows, right? And all these different parts of the homes. But that's, that's such an important part of this, guys, because if you get distracted and you try a little of this and a little of that and say, oh, this is a beautiful neighborhood. I sure like a listing on this street. There's an expire. There's a FISBO. Oh, look, there's something over there. And you go there. You, you're never getting good at everything. You're just kind of being half-assed about a bunch of stuff. But now I know that we can find a house in any street in the whole South Tampa on those zip codes there, and I could blindfold you 
drop you in front of a front front yard and look at the house and you can tell me what it's worth, how big the lot is, whether that tree is able to be removed or not, what's the species of the tree, how big the house can, is it big enough, can you split the lot, and who's the probably most likely three sell, three buyers are for that property, how much it's worth, right? And that's the only way you could be able to do that is you didn't get distracted by the first sale by owners and the expireds and the open houses for, for somebody else in the office, right? You just said, screw it, this is my lane, get out of my way. I don't care what your lane is. You don't give a shit what any other agent is doing, right? All you care about is making sure that you stay in your lane and you go talk to 50, 60 homes. And then when you find one that you know, you know, you have that gut feeling that that house is going to sell, you will not let them out of your sight until you talk with them. And what I love what you did, you just kind of brushed over it. But once you found out what that guy wanted and how you can fulfill his needs, which is a key thing, what you said, you're able to help him and get him into his Winnebago to travel around the world. But exactly. what you did, you right, that's the big key is you, yeah. you took the time to listen, to identify whether or not there was a problem. And you had the solution. He just wasn't ready to hear it yet. But you didn't care. You just said, I have the solution. Are you ready yet? Nope. 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 And are you ready yet? Nope. Are you ready yet? Nope. Right. And then are you ready yet? Nope. Are you ready yet? And then finally, yes. Right. But how many, Craig, how many agents would have given up after the first? Nope. 90%. And after the second? A hundred. Right. <laughs> Maybe after the third, you're at the hundredth. For Charlie, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it, it doesn't give up. And, that's no, probably and, and just to add to that, I mean, typically I've, I've sold properties where they're still saying they're not ready while, even while they're signing the contract. When I knock on doors, my, the first door knock, usually I have to knock five or six times or 12 times. The first door knock is to tell them no, so to, to get them to tell me no, so they can get over can that barrier and kind of relate to them a little bit. The whole, I, the whole purpose is for them to, slam the door so when I go back the next time, I'm not a stranger. Now they know I'm a realtor and, <laughs> and I'm coming to talk about their house. So then we'll open the conversation a little bit more and then a little bit more the third time and a little bit more the fourth time. And then I find out <laughs> and then I, then I can go to work and, and find them what they want and, put, and where they're trying to be and help them get that and help them get there. You know, another side of this too, look at the value you're bringing these home builders, yep. right? They got a, a hunter out finding properties for them that they only pay if they bring you something they like, right? That's right. And that's really bringing a huge value to those builders, and then they reward you because we brushed over this too. They reward you because they buy this house, they knock it down, and they build a brand new one, and then they're listing that with you. So that's why you have ten seven million dollars pending. Yes, sir. Two hundred thousand dollars in commissions on the books. During a pandemic, five months into the year, five months into the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think though the, the big thing here is if we look at what Charlie's really done, which is this massive specialization, that is done at any professional, like the highest level of really anything. That is done. Think about the the best surgeon in the world. Do they operate on everything? No. They specialize in what they operate on. You look at sports. When you get to the pro level, those guys, I, I played baseball, right? Those guys didn't all, weren't all pitchers their whole life. They were pitchers when they became professional. They played, usually they were the best athletes on the team and played shortstop. 
They played every position because they were better than everyone else, right? But then when they want to get to that highest level and get dominant, they have to pick, right? And it's like that in every professional sport. Why you don't see two-way athletes. It's why you don't see a wide receiver who's super fast also be a cornerback on defense. You don't see that. Same, same skill set, right? But they know that if they want to compete at the highest possible level, they've got to focus on that one thing, and they've got to learn everything about it, every nuance. They've got to know the competition. Who are they going up against? What, is their, what are their tells? Right? Those, that's what makes Tom Brady and all these guys amazing because they can do so much because they've specialized for so long that just walking up to the line of scrimmage, they know exactly what defense what the defense is going to do. They couldn't do that if they were also trying to be on the defensive side, right? They wouldn't be able to focus. And so I want to put that point out there that this, is, this isn't anything new. What it's really new to is the real estate world because everyone tries to be something to everyone. And what Charlie's really proven is that the art is in specializing. And when you do that, you can have great success, make a lot of money, and put your head down and become really good at your craft, which is exactly what he's done. But it takes time, determination, and a will to not give up. Exactly. You want to sacrifice and, and, and persistence. And definitely, and, and a, big, a big game changer for me was coming to, to Century 21 and getting that coaching. I mean, that's, that's, who, that's where I got the idea to really hone in. When I was at Exit the year before, I was the guy – trying to do expires, trying to do for sale by owners, trying to find land deals, trying to, you know, do every, sell everything I could get my hands on. And I did sell 25 properties, but I only sold one lot to one builder. Uh, so versus I think last year in 2019, all I sold was lots. I, I didn't sell one house to, for somebody to live in. I love it. Charlie, what's the, what is the drive now? What is the goal? What's your, what's your next level? What's Charlie's from a lifestyle perspective? You got the house, you got the dog, you just showing the dog in the background, cutest little, little, little dog. What's, um, what kind of dog is it again? Uh, a sheep a doodle, a sheep dog and a poodle mix. I forgot how to say it. It's a sheep a doodle, a sheep a doodle, pretty cute. So you got the dog, got the house. What's the next, what are the next steps? So everything in this business, right? is we work in kind of 90 day cycles, as you know, and you know, what are we working for? So in Q3, your ultimate end game is you're, you're trying to fund a lifestyle. So what are the things you're working for right now that are that can keep you going? Because the energy, you always have a smile on your face, right? You always dress to dress the part. That's your battle warrior outfit and you're ready to go and you're great at it. So what is the drive? What is, what's happiness to you now at this stage of your career and your old age of 29? What's the next step for you? It's the art of the deal, man. It's the hunt. I, that's what I love. I mean, I, it's not really even the money. I mean, I, you know, now I get, when I, when I get these, when I get the check, it's not very exciting. The exciting part is getting the deal and getting them to sign and going through the motions of all that. And that, that's, it's what I live for and breathe for. That, that's what I love to do. I would rather do that. I would rather go out and hunt properties than go to the beach. I mean, that's just what I like to do. Now, granted, I, I like to take a break every now and then. You've got to have fun every, 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 you know, take a break, but, you know, it's when you're having fun doing something and you know, you're, you're, you're good at it. it you know, it's, it's a game changer. So. That, that is the overarching strategy of, of everybody that we talk to that is successful. And I don't mean money with success, right? Successful means you got a smile on your face and you love what you do. I love what I do. Craig, I know you love what you do. 
whom I know you love what you do. I mean, this is not a job. This is not work, right? I actually at midnight get pissed. I'm like, damn, I got to go to bed, right? And <laughs> I, could work, I could work nonstop because yeah. I freaking love it. And there's no end to what I can do. I've got so much stuff to go in because I just love it. We found another huge ass thing this today, right? And don't even have time for all the stuff we have right now. We're going to do it right? because it's fun. So I'll stay up to 1230 tonight or one. But it, it, once it becomes a passion, it, 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 there is no chore. There's no labor involved in it. it so let me go to work, right? I can't wait to go do this. And, and when you don't care about the money, money just comes, right? So, but what is important for everybody watching is you have to keep evolving into what's the next step of your lifestyle. Because I know we've talked before, you need to get more houses that other people pay for. Right. And start building up a portfolio of things. So, you know, you one day when you want to take a trip to the beach and you want to, if you want to do the family thing or whatever is down the road for you, you have cash flow, right? Maybe there's some cool places you want to save up to go visit. Maybe there's some interesting things you want to invest in. Maybe there's some just a stockpile of cash you want to have around. So you take advantage of more of these opportunities that you find. Right. So, but you got to always keep that why in front of you. So just like the house that you're living in right now, when it comes across your brain, you actually have to recognize it and be able to seize it, right? So I don't know if that's a boat, that's a trip, that's a whole thing, but that's the, the whole goal, the primary aims to keep that juice, to keep the reason to get up tomorrow morning and to tie that tie and to get out there and do it because it makes you feel good. It makes you happy. It puts that big ass smile on your face, which is the ultimate hunt right there. Exactly. My next, my next primary aim is to get back to South Tampa. I'm going to sell this house and, or maybe rent it out and haven't decided which one, but I, I miss South Tampa. I'm in Seminole Heights right now as where the house is, but, but I'm, so, I'm a but you, boy, second generation native. I love it there. I, that, that's my home. So I got to get back there. I feel like I'm in Tallahassee right now. <laughs> 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 but guys, that's what it's all about. Cause he knows what he likes. He's put a big ass smile on his face. Just talking about where he's going to live. Do you know where you're going to live? Yet? Have you found the house yet or not yet? I, ha I think so. I found one off market that I'm, I'm talking with the guy that it's a good, good, good deal in Bayshore Beautiful, but we'll, we'll see. He doesn't want to sell it either right now. So, yeah. Well, not, yeah. are you ready yet? Nope. Are you ready yet? Nope. Are you ready yet? Nope. Are you ready yet? He hasn't had 10 encounters with Charlie Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you buy that house and we've got to get you back on the podcast to talk about how long it took and how many no's you got before you, the day you move in, we got to do the podcast. Well, I've been talking to him so long, he actually died, and now I'm talking to his uh, nephew. <laughs> <laughs> you induced a heart attack. <laughs> oh, my God. But it is, it's it's commendable, Charlie, what you do and the way that you just keep, you keep going, man. And rejection is not an option. I mean, look, you guys, if you notice what he said, he expects and he's okay and he embraces the no. Because he understands the biggest part of this business is, can I like, do I like you? Can I trust you? And are you good at what you do? Right. And the answer is there's no way they can like you or trust you. They just met you. They don't inherently, they don't like you and trust you. In fact, they think you're there to hurt them. Right. Exactly. So you, you're there to take advantage of them or screw them out of something. So their initial reaction is screw you. Right. So you, but over time, you know that and you embrace that and you appreciate it and you respect that. Right. And they understand that you respect that. And they respect that you respect that. And that drops the guard. And then two or three conversations later, they know that you're not there to try to hurt them. You actually try to help them. And you're planting seeds to find out what their next level lifestyle is and say, guys, you have 200 grand in trapped equity here. 
right? Where else would you live, right? This house may not be the best thing for you guys anymore. Take advantage. Somebody's begging to give you money. At least listen to them. Where else would you live? Bigger house, smaller house, which town? Let's go look at some houses this weekend. Let's find a new place where you live. You want to go to the RV dealership and find a Winnebago? Let's just go dream. We're in no hurry. My guys aren't going anywhere, right? And so, but you can get into that mode of, of having their side and having their back and kind of being their advisor to help them to their next level. But I think that what, what agents I want to make sure that you get is the first step, the first door knock when they said, screw you, I'm never selling, go away. The seed was planted, right? And then a week or two or three goes by and he comes back, it's watered, right? Goes back again, it's watered. Four or five times later, it's sprouting, right? A little bit longer, it's growing. Eventually there's fruit, right? But you understand that's a process. There's a strategy and there's a process. And a lot of people say, knock, 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 where's my fruit, right? And they say, this doesn't work. And that's why most people don't have success, happiness, right? Because I know it's, it's fulfilling when you help somebody move to a different part of their life and they're happy about it. Plus they have some passion. You help them buy or buy what they wanted. And it's, you're creating a lot of happiness and which generates it for you too. But the strategy of what fruit do I want to pick and the strategy of actually strategizing and figuring out exactly who your targets are, talking with them, anticipating their rejection, going, not letting it affect you, understanding it's part of the process and going back until the trust is there. Right. Because if they never sell, at least they trust you and their buddy or their cousin moves to town and you get those phone calls, too, and you can help them. You become real estate to them because you're, you're there to help. them. So that's what I really admire about what you do is really take the time to enjoy that process. And it's in the hunt. You call it the hunt and the takedown, but it's it, the process. It is that. But the hunt and the takedown is a long process that started with that initial seed plant right there. And you don't Jeff, care how long another part of this that's really, really important and overlooked. The follow-up system that he must have to keep in track with these people, in touch with these people over a long period of time. You know, there is a consistent, I don't know what you're doing, but are you doing a spreadsheet? Are you doing a CRM? How are you? Because you're making notes. You're talking to these people. You're making notes. Like they're rejecting me. They're rejecting me. So over time, how are you doing that? Talk about your process. Yeah, it's a database or CRM is what what it all goes into. And yeah, you can, they have different ones. I, I use one called Mojo. It's, it's pretty familiar in the business. It's, it, it's not, you can use just the uh, database. They also have a dialer, but I don't use that. I just only use it. It's a cheap, it's 10 bucks a month. That's why I use it. Uh, keep all my addresses in there and then I can label, you can schedule follow-up calls, but I, I just schedule everything in my phone if I have to follow up with somebody for, you know, when they're getting close. But typically I have like warm, warm, cold, hot, you know, uh, fire leads or things like that. Or for sale by owners, people that'll maybe try to, you know, for sale by owner, then you see the sign go down and you never check back to see if it even sold. You know, those are, those are key things too to look at to, you know, always keep going back and double check. I mean, there's, as you keep going, you keep, you learn little tricks and, different things of the trade that, but, but it's all follow-up. I mean, it all comes back down to following up to it's just persistence and never giving up. Because a lot of agents yeah. do aggressively prospect all the time, but they drop the ball in the follow-up and they never get the reward. So the reward going, comes from the follow-up. Going on the focus thing though, too, I'm, a, I'm guessing you come across quite a few buyer leads as well through this process and for the homes that you're taking on. What do you do with those? I, if I do, I, I, I kind of go, I, I, not really. I mean, I don't really work, work with buyers just 
because of the time thing, it, I wouldn't wouldn't be able to be as successful at the land stuff if I'm have a buyer in my car. That's huge. That's hmm. that's huge. That's this guy's pay pay attention to what he just said. He's so into his lane, he won't take a paying buyer who's buying a piece of real estate he doesn't want, right? Because it takes them off of his schedule and his game and his passion, right? That's a big, big, big commitment to a career, right? And there's very few people that actually do that. Some say they want to do that, but they do, they don't, right? And, but once you make that commitment, but here's the issue. If he wasn't prospecting the way he's prospecting on a daily basis at that level of intensity, he'd have no choice but to take that buyer because he wants to get a deal. But he knows with full faith and confidence that what he's doing works. And it's nothing but a numbers game, Charlie, right? It is numbers. There's no doubt in your mind, if you need to get a deal, that a deal will come from a door that you go and knock on or a phone that you call on. It's, it's, not, it's a universal truth now. So there's no, no worry. It might take more calls. It might take fewer calls. But you know eventually you're going to get one. So don't get him off his track. That exactly. is the, that's, that's the key. The key. Yeah. Have the faith and n- never give up. I love, it. I love it. Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, there's the. You know, when you're when I if I try to take off work, I, all I can think about is work. You know, that's how you know you just you love what you do. Because if I try to go to the beach, I'm sitting at the beach like, damn, <laughs> I need to get back to get back to the office, get out hunting deals. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, Charlie, we really appreciate all of your your insight here and what you're able to just. There's a lot of value in this one, and we're really glad you didn't enjoy your naked time in LA. Because you're a breath of fresh air into the company. <laughs> good times. Very good. So w- with that, that's probably a pretty good outro there, guys. We'll probably just leave it right there. But yep. um, any questions, we'll put Charlie's contact information. If you guys have any questions, reach out. And Charlie, thank you again. for We're very proud to have you as part of the team. And thanks for sharing your story with everybody. I think we've got a lot of good nuggets we'll be taking from this. No doubt. Thank you, Thank you, dude. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful day. Yeah. Thanks for watching, guys. Later.